This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Latner. From the locker room to the boardroom, Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drives results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll not only be a better person, but also better athlete, coach, leader, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amber Latner. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, We have an awesome episode coming up. We are in season one of the podcast, and season one is entitled Building Your Mental Performance Foundation. So in this episode, we are on building block seven, which is mental rehearsal. And so Season one is all about this foundational mental performance training program that I developed about five years ago and have been working with individuals and teams, uh, both in the sports space and the business space, on helping them understand the foundational components to mental performance. And so in this podcast, in this season, we're really doing an overview of that program to help give our listeners a better understanding of really how our brain works and how we can start to train and condition it to perform excellently on a more consistent basis. And so again, we are on building block seven, which is mental rehearsal. And in just a little bit, we have an exciting guest coming on, Mr. Lee Becton. He's a former running back for the University of Notre Dame. He played under coach Lou Holtz and is one of my dear friends um, who's doing great work actually in the high school athlete recruiting space. And so helping kids um, really be prepared to go to the next level, the collegiate level, and understand the recruiting process better. And so um, he's working with an organization called Dark Horse Recruiting. And so we're going to hear a little bit more about that coming up shortly and really get an inside look at how Lee um, used to use mental rehearsal as an athlete, again, when he was playing for Coach Holtz at Notre Dame, but also how he's been incorporating that into his role as a businessman today. So we always start our episodes out with some basic sport psych teaching from me, uh, get some application of that from our awesome featured guests that we've been fortunate to have join us over the last several weeks, and then conclude with some championship mindset training that you can you can start integrating into how you live and function on a daily basis to, again, build the mindsets that can lead to, to more consistent success in sport, in business, in your relationships and in life in general. So without further ado, let's dive into that sports psych teaching element. And so when we talk about mental rehearsal, um, a lot of people refer to it as visualization. And so I want to sort of flesh out some of the nuanced difference between those two words. So visualization, I think to me, implies seeing things in your mind, whereas mental rehearsal is a bit more all-encompassing in terms of how we conceptualize those images and thoughts and experiences in our mind. So you know, think about a dress rehearsal, right? What's a dress rehearsal? It is the entire cast and crew getting together to run through the next day's performance the night before. And so we we go at full costume, full props, full pace, actual lines, actual emotions, right? The only thing that's not there is the audience. And so from a mental rehearsal standpoint, I think that gives us a broader way to conceive what exactly we're doing in our mind. Again, it's not just going to be seen, but how real can we make this? Because what we know is that 
action and imagination are actually integrated into the brain. And so the exact same neurons and processes that occur when we physically do an action actually occur when we mentally do it as well. So now if you're driving, be careful. But if you're not driving and you're listening to safe space, I want you to imagine or actually I want you to do a one handed overhead press. So one handed for those of you that are driving so you can keep one hand on the wheel An overhead press, right? You start with your your hands at your shoulders and just go up vertically. So so do three overhead presses right now. Okay, one, two, three. Okay, now I want you to just imagine yourself doing those three overhead presses. So one, two, three. Okay. So if we were to look at your brain on a brain scan right now, when you physically did that action, it would light up in in a region of your brain and send an electrical signal through, through your neurons into your muscles to invigorate the muscles, and you would execute that action. Now, when you just imagined yourself doing that action, okay, the brain sent the exact same signal in the exact same sequence, but just at a smaller degree. So again, what we know is that physical action and imagination are actually integrated. And so every time that electrical signal is sent, you are developing talent. I think I referenced formerly a book called The Talent Code by Dan Coyle. I definitely recommend you checking that out. And it really talks about the subtitle in the book is greatness isn't born, it's made, here's how. And so it talks about how talent is developed at the neurological level. And the greatest stuff about this is called myelin. Okay, so myelin is basically like electrical tape. So if you imagine two electrical wires that are sort of touching, right, and you and the signal sort of skips, right, because they're sort of touching, but then you start to wrap electrical tape around them, and now all of a sudden, that signal can travel faster and more efficiently. And the better you wrap that, the faster and more efficiently that electrical signal travels. The same is true with how talent is developed in the body. So every time you practice an action, you're sending that electrical signal from your brain through your nerve neurons into your muscles to execute the action. And myelin is wrapping between those neurons. So what fires together, wires together. Again, what we know is that when we just start to imagine those actions or experiences, that same signal is travel, which means myelin is still being developed, even when we're only mentally rehearsing or mentally practicing the action or um, task that we are trying to learn. So mental rehearsal becomes a awesome addition to the physical training that we're doing. I mean, we can only get so many physical reps uh, throughout the course of a day or a practice or, you know, even a business training session before our bodies actually start to break down and and it becomes not as helpful. But we can do as many mental reps as we want. And and as we start to supplement our training with these mental reps, we know that talent is continually being developed at the neurological level. Now, the key is, how do we do really good mental rehearsal? Because not all mental rehearsal is created equal. And um, when I was actually working down at IMG Academy, uh, Michael Johnson trained down there for a while. And so he could actually do mental rehearsal to his 400 race and break a sweat. That's how real he could make this in his mind. So when we get to that point, we know that that those signals that are being sent are, are more similar to the physical action than 
if we're just starting to learn mental rehearsal. So again, as good as we can get at mental rehearsal, the more similar those brain scans, if we hooked you up is when you're physically doing it to when you're mentally doing it can be. And so I'm going to give you four keys to really great effective mental rehearsal. And the first of those is vividness. So vivid. We want to make this image and experience as real as possible in our mind. And so one way that we can start to do that is by incorporating all five senses into our mental rehearsal. Okay, so we're going to do a quick activity. I want you to choose an experience that you're going to mentally rehearse. So whether you're a salesperson or a doctor or a lawyer or a coach or an athlete or a student, pick a pick a case that you're going to try, pick a meeting that you're going to run, a sales pitch you're going to give, a play you're going to run, anything, anything in your experience that a test you're about to take. And we're going to walk through, sort of going through the five different senses of that experience. I want us to start with sight. What are two things that you see in that experience right now? Okay, good. Now let's move to smell. What are two things that you smell in that experience right now? This one can be a little bit different, right? Put yourself in that moment. Start to really experience it. Take a deep breath. What are two things you smell in that space? Okay, let's move to hearing. What are two things that you hear going on around you? Integrate that into your experience that you're imagining right now. Now let's go to feel, touch. What are two things that that you feel right now? It's your pads on your chest or your uh, high heels under your feet, right, or your suit coat on. And now let's move to taste. What are two things that you taste right now? Again, this is a challenging one, so open your mouth a little bit. What do you taste? Okay, excellent. So so this is one way that we can just start practicing really good mental rehearsal is going through the five different senses. And so each one is actually, you know, could be easier or more difficult for for different people. Um, One of my colleagues is a mental coach for the Cleveland Indians. And she said that, you know, for when they were practicing mental rehearsal, they would practice smell for an entire week when they were out there they were just focusing on what do you smell what are what are the nuanced smells going on around you all right next week is sight next week is hearing next week is feeling next week is taste and so each week they would really focus on gathering the sights the sounds the smells the ex- the, the essence of the experiences going on around them so that by the time they got to season they were able to do really really effective mental rehearsal because they got great at picking up on the nuances of those different elements of mental rehearsal so again four keys to effective mental rehearsal the first is vividness and we create vividness by integrating all five senses into the mental rehearsal. The next key to effective mental rehearsal is control. So so I went a little bit more in depth in the first key and I'm just going to, you know, highlight the next couple keys for you. But the next is control. We want to be able to control that image and see us executing the right task at the right time. We we don't want to be sending the wrong electrical signals and myelinating right the wrong uh, neuropathways. We want to see ourselves doing the right things at the right time and being successful doing it. The next key to effective mental rehearsal is perspective. And so there's two perspectives that you can adopt, an internal perspective, and that's really being inside your body, um, executing the task, or an external perspective. 
And so in our workshops and on our trainings, we really talk about, you know, what each one of those is used for and how we can, you know, apply internal and external perspectives to getting the right types of mental rehearsal down. But for now, I just want you to know that there's two separate kinds, internal and external, and to, to practice both because they both do and help us achieve different elements of, of our game and our mastery in any craft that we're doing. And then the last key to effective mental rehearsal is repetition, repetition repetition, right? So just like anything, the more we do it, the better we get at it. And just like Michael Johnson, right, is able to break a sweat when he mentally rehearses his 400, we want to be able to, you know, replicate that adrenaline rush or replicate, you know, that, that, that mindset of being in the courtroom or in the surgery room or, you know, in, in the classroom, taking the exam or on the field when we're trying to make the final PK in a shootout uh, to win a championship. And so, the again, the, the more real we can make those electrical signals be firing through our bodies, the more effective this mental rehearsal is going to be for actually developing talent and preparing us to execute in the moment, right? Because great mental rehearsal helps improve our concentration because we know what to expect when we're going into these new scenarios. Um, it, it helps improve our confidence, right? Because we've been there before a million times in our mind prior to the actual experience that we're going into. And and it also helps us give a greater sense of control just in, in what we're doing and what we have to execute in that moment. And so Again, concentration, confidence, control, three things that are huge when trying to be our absolute best in any situation that we're in. There's actually an awesome video act, um, out there from Coach Holtz. Um, if you check the episode notes, I'll put the link in there for you. But he has a phrase. So he talks about how he actually used to run his team through total team mental rehearsal session. So they'd all be laying out on the on the indoor turf and he would just walk them through a game. And I'm sure that Lee's going to touch on that when when he shares his experiences with Coach Holtz. But in that video, Coach says, you know, what the mind believes the body achieves. And so mental rehearsal becomes a great way for our mind starting to truly believe what it is that, that we're rehearsing, right? That we can win the championship, that we will win the case, that we will achieve the sales pitch because it is literally developing talent at the neurological level. It's not just like, I'm the best in the world and I'm going to keep saying that to myself, right? We have to make it real. We have to make it grounded. We have to practice and integrate this into how we function and develop our craft on a daily basis. And the cool part about, um, again, this sort of team process is that everybody starts to get the same image in their mind and rehearse the same task, therefore getting everybody's minds to believe what Coach Holtz wanted them to, and that is win a national championship in, in their case. And so we'll play great and win a national championship, right? Because playing great and, and the process and the execution comes before the outcome. And and mental rehearsal is another is a great way to help us rehearse replicate, get get those mental reps in of the process and in our performance that we know are going to lead to a great outcome. So without further ado, we're going to welcome our guest, Mr. Lee Becton, in just a couple seconds. All right. And without further ado, welcome to the show, Mr. Lee Becton. How are you doing today, Lee? I am good, Amber. How are you? I'm doing absolutely spectacular. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. We really appreciate it. 
It's a pleasure. Um, I've, I've been looking forward to uh, talking with you about something that's uh, very, very near and dear to me. Well, we're excited. Um, again, just to, to give everybody an update, we're on building block number seven, and that's mental rehearsal. And so really looking at, you know, Lee, we just talked about how mental rehearsal really can change how our brain functions and, and really help prepare us to execute uh, to the best of our ability in sport, in life, in business, et cetera. And so Lee's, Lee's background, right? You're, so you're running back at Notre Dame where you served as captain your senior year, um, graduated with a degree in business management, and you're currently working um, with Dark Horse Recruiting. And so we're really looking forward to seeing, you know, your perspectives on the mental game and specifically this element of mental rehearsal as it relates to your former career as a, a student athlete and now as a businessman. But to kick us off, Lee, in general, talk to us about your perspective on the importance of the mental game in driving performance excellence? Well, it's one of those things that is by far the most important thing. You know, you can you can have unbelievable, um, you can be greatly athletic, um, you can work hard, you can do all those things, have mental, mental toughness, the ability to create things and that you want to drive to achieve, um, then you're, you're really not shooting for anything. And, and that's some of the things that I use not only in business, but I used in, in college uh, throughout my career. Awesome. So specifically thinking about this topic of mental rehearsal, when I ask you to be on the show and ask me, ask you to share your thoughts with us on mental rehearsal specifically, you got really excited and you said, yes, of course, because this is one of, one of the elements of my mental game that I thought was most important to my success. And I had a whole process around it. So talk to us about what mental rehearsal is to you, what your process was and how it really drove your performance when you were playing for the University of Notre Dame under coach Lou Holtz. So uh, my mental uh, uh, aspect of it was I did a lot of visualization, um, you know, different plays, uh, what the outcome would be. For an example, um, and I remember this very well, I remember being on the bus and we were getting ready to go play Michigan and he was thinking about, okay, what happens? 21st zone. So I'm imagining what defense they're going to be in. You know, are they in a 3-4? Are they in a 4-4? Well, what happens? Happens if the nose crosses the center's the center's face. Okay, where's my cutback lane? What happens if he's he doesn't and down block on the outside? Then I get to bounce it out. So I went through that process with every possible element of what could transpire in that play so that when I got there and was actually running the play and something happened about it, my reaction time was so quicker and so much faster than most. And people always said to me, Lee, how did you find that hole? Well, I, because I had already visioned it. I had already visioned what the possibilities were. So with a few steps, I knew what I was going to do. I knew where I was going to go and I knew how the play was going to transpire. Now, if, if, Something would have went differently. Was still mentally ready to react. Uh, that that's a prime example for me of what I did, and I did it with every single play that I knew we were going to be in that week. 
Wow. So you actually went through the entire playbook going into different games after you got the install for the week. I I absolutely did. I absolutely did. And it's, it's something that, you know, it wasn't that it took a lot of time. It was, you know, whenever I'm sitting around and I'm thinking uh, about the game, okay, so what happens on this play? What happens on, on that play? And then I just start visioning, you know. And, and once you start doing that, it slows the game down. The game becomes so much more easy. Um, and, and you're not, you know, if you're up out there playing football, and you're having to think without just reacting. And, and that's that, that's the thing about football that you want to make sure that you're prepared enough. All you're doing is is reacting. But in order to do that and to really react quickly, you've got to go through this mental side of the game, understand all the options that are going to happen. So I love that. So just so our listeners know, Lee and I have not talked about the 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 prior segment on the sports psych aspect and that's the beautiful part and that that's a whole intention of this podcast is for me to sort of teach from the sports psychology side and then for us to get a real live look at former athletes and coaches and business people who have applied these elements and Lee literally you have shared the 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 scientific side and so we talked about four keys to effective mental rehearsal the first is vividness right so you talked about seeing every element I'm sure when you you talked about going to play Michigan, did you see the color of the jersey that you were playing against? I saw everything. I, I <laughs> knew was yep. that was going to could potentially cross the center's face. I, I you know I saw uh, Ray Zellers blocking backside and either walling down, taking the guy out. I, I saw everything, um, and it just literally just made things a lot easier. Okay, so we talked about um, earlier in the sports psych segment looking at adopting either an internal or an external perspective when you're doing your mental rehearsal. Which did you tend to use as you were prepping for your games? I think it was more internal. Um, I really visualized myself actually running the play. Um, I didn't that from up above to see what everyone was doing. I looked at my key. And what would happen uh, with as as I was actually physically running to play uh, to my footsteps? Um, I would say I looked at it from an in, internal perspective. Awesome. Okay, great. And then we talked about repetition, right? Is an, an important key, and it sounds like you did this over and over and over and over again. Do you feel like by the time you graduated, you were way better at mental rehearsal than when you maybe came in as a freshman? <sighs> Oh, absolutely. Um, when I came in as a freshman, I I can't say that I did it much, um, but I'm and part of that was some of the, one of the things that Coach Host did um, before every game. He took us through this mental process of seeing plays and different things like. And for me, that's when I and over time I did get better. Awesome. So now talk to us a little bit about that that sort of team mental rehearsal that you referenced Coach Holtz used to do with you guys. What was that whole experience like? And tell us maybe some crazy stories about how that, you know, those mental rehearsal uh, sessions turned into game time performances. Oh, man, it was uh, it was unbelievable. And, you know, coming in as a freshman, 
that was not any part of what we did in football. Um, and so after every uh, pepper, would go up with Loftus and he'd make spread out um, on the end facility and he'd just start you you know they cut the lights out and he start just different things to put you at ease you you know um, one of the things he always would say is you know you know your arm is sinking into the carpet and and different things like that and believe it or not you actually felt like you were sinking into the carpet yep <laughs> that was you know you you, you and 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 then after he got you to that state, then he started saying things like, imagine yourself running out the tunnel. Imagine this. Imagine, you know, just different aspects of the game. And, you know, Grant, and they're snoring, but beyond that, <laughs> beyond that, when, when you woke up, when you got up, you felt refreshed. You felt inspired. You felt like you could go and beat anyone. And it was one thousand percent because of that mental image that he had put, um, you know, in your head that you can accomplish anything. That's awesome. I referenced a video um, earlier that they did of Coach Holtz talking about that during the 125 years of Notre Dame football celebration. And and it's a powerful video. So that'll be in the episode notes for you to check out. But, I, you know, I've talked to Coach about, you know, his mental side of the game. And he didn't really know what he was doing. But that whole, you know, tighten your arm, let it sink into the carpet, tighten your leg, let it sink into the, I mean, that's called per- progressive muscle relaxation. So if anyone's interested in checking that out, it's a great relaxation strategy. And so like Lee said, right, he'd get him really relaxed and then he'd get you in a positive mindset and then he'd start running through these plays and and really getting you hype. I've heard stories that a lot of times those images and those plays that he would start talking to you about and running you through would all of a sudden find yourself transpiring those plays the next day in the game. Do you have an example of of when that happened while you were playing for coach? You know, I I, I can't say that I do. Okay. Um, and and it, maybe it's because eventually I started doing it on my own. Yeah. So I went, he was talking about to doing it on my own. Um but I can tell you that I've talked to, you know, uh, you know, guys, and they've got tons of examples where, oh my goodness, coach was talking about this, was talking about this is what was going to happen, and then lo and behold, we run that play perfect, that it was going to be executed, um, result that he said would happen. So for our listeners out there, why this is so powerful. So um, there's a book called The Power of Story. And, you know, I think we've heard in the corporate setting, oh, telling stories is really, really powerful when we're giving speeches, etc. And so why that actually is, is that as we tell a story, our brain is lighting up in the various regions of the brain that we're talking about. So if we're talking about a scent or a smell or a sound or an experience like an action, our brain lights up in those different regions. But what they found is that people listening to the story being told, their brain actually lights up in the exact same regions as the storytellers. And so why I find this so fascinating with what Coach Holtz used to do with you guys is that he was literally sinking all y'all's brainwaves. (laughs) 
And and literally that then would transpire to on-field applications or executions of those plays. And I think the same goes with your individual plays. So you started sinking into the greater scheme of, of what coach was talking about and experiencing. And like you said, lo and behold, on game day, I'm seeing that exact same play open up, those same gap gaps open up, but at a slower speed. Talk to us about how more maybe in depth about how you were able to slow the game down and how that mental rehearsal really helped facilitate that for you. Well, if, if you run through something uh, numerous times in your mind, and then when you're out on the field and you're seeing it starts to transpire, you know what to do next. You know what's going to happen next. And so in, instead of you becoming that much more um, and having a misstep, you're already prepared and ready to do that. From an in-depth standpoint, it's it's you really seeing it not for the first time. Mm-hmm. This is probably the the you know, fifth or sixth time that you're seeing this. And so everyone knows the more times you do something, the more repetition you do something, it, um, it slows down. It's sort of like that, that transition you go, go through, um, you know, when, when we be playing and, and then the season ends and we have, you know, three, you know, two, three months, six weeks, whatever it was away from football. When you went back out time, to practice again, it, at least from a running back standpoint, it's just moving so fast in front of you. Like, it's so it's so quick. But after seeing it over and over again, it starts to slow down again. And, and that's what tends to happen. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That was really well said. And again, I think our listeners can see some very distinct connections between how we're talking about it a little bit more scientifically earlier to how this really translates and applies to driving performance excellence. So let's use that lead to transition now into your your role as a businessman and specifically a little bit about Dark Horse. So so tell us a little bit about Dark Horse, Re- Dark Horse Recruiting, um, what your guys' mission is, what your role is, and then again, how this mental rehearsal has started to be incorporated in into your role as a leader and a businessman? Yeah, so at Dark Horse uh, Sports Recruiting, what we try to do is we try to bridge that gap between student athletes and their um, and college coaches who are looking for that special student athlete. Um, recruiting has changed since I went. Um, and there's a heavy burden on families to navigate the recruiting cycle um, to get their prospective student athlete noticed and different things. And we try to bridge that gap, uh, not only from an athletic side, but an academic side. Because uh, we want to make sure that we're, we're, you know, when we talk to a coach, we want to make sure we're putting forth a true student athlete and not just an athlete. That's awesome. How that has, how that has come. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But how that has come to play in, you know, my current professional life is when I'm talking to that family, I paint a picture for them. And, and from a mental uh, standpoint, myself, one, I got to believe in it. One, I go through it multiple times before I even talk to the family because 
family is different. Each situation that they're going through is different. And so I have to, for, for myself, have to paint that, do those things before I call, you know, I, I gather as much information about them so that I picture in my mind so that I can paint the right picture for them. That's exciting. When were you? When will your first recruiting class um, sort of occur? So when is your first group? Will they become freshmen? Is this, this coming year, or where are you at in the cycle? Well, it won't be this coming year. It'll be, let's see, this is 2017. Uh, 18 will be our first first uh, year on the football side. We already have some on the basketball side. We already but on the football side will be 2018. We'll have a we'll have a link in the episode okay. notes. So if anybody's interested in checking out Dark Horse Recruiting, we'll have a link and contact information for for you to get in touch with Lee. So so Lee, thank you so much for your wisdom and insights on this application again as an athlete and as a businessman. And so as we end every interview, I want to ask you our final question here. What is your mindset on mental rehearsal? I think that it's a, a vital, vital part of everyday life. I think it's a vital part of athletics. Um, it's a vital part of business. The, the more mental, mentally tough you are, uh, the better outcomes you're going to receive and the better you know, life is going to be. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure and an honor talking with you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you very much for having me. I hope that I uh, was able to shed some light on some people. Start doing some of this, uh, the mental aspect that you're talking about. Awesome. I, I think our listeners have gotten a ton out of it. And again, just to see how you were able to take this element and really apply it to your day-to-day preparation um, as an elite individual in every aspect of your life. So thank you for sharing your stories. And there you have it, the artful Dodger himself, Mr. Lee Becton. What a great guy. He never ceases to amaze me just in terms of how we can understand really how our mind works, how we apply it, and how that actually drives performance. And I think that any of us who have gone through and rehearsed any experience that we've been through and saw the results of that in terms of the, the type of confidence it drives, the, the concentration, the control, and really the execution, and that's what it's all about. So I love being able to see how he applied that to his career as a football player um, and to really understanding how mental rehearsal even today is helping him achieve great things in the business space. So our championship mindset training, again, these are these are ways that we can begin building and conditioning our minds with the mindsets that it takes to be great, um, is to start practicing mental rehearsal for an upcoming event that you have for five minutes a day using the keys to effective mental rehearsal. As a quick refresher, those keys are vividness, right? That's using all five senses and making the mental rehearsal very, very, vivid. Um, Control, controlling the images and experiences that we're seeing and hearing so that we are imagining the right things, right? And myelinating those right circuit paths. Um, And then perspective. So using an internal and an external perspective. And again, just practice, practice, practice. The more times we do this, the better we get at it. And so as you can do five minutes a day, maybe start doing seven and then 10 
And getting us to a place where we can fully rehearse experiences that we're having multiple times in our mind. So by the time we show up for the actual actual execution, that's not our first time there. That's the third time, the fifth time, the hundredth time in our mind we've shot a free throw, uh, caught the winning pass, made the sales pitch, had an, an excellent execution in any domain that, that we are experiencing or that we are exercising our craft. So again, mindset training, five minutes a day, start doing great mental rehearsal around an upcoming event that you have. And just again, if you would take some time to head on over to iTunes and rate and and leave us a review of the podcast, we'd really, really appreciate it. That's one way that we can continue delivering great content to you for free, which is wonderful. Um, and then, you know, if there's ever anything that we can do, please uh, send me an email, amber at latinerperformancegroup.com or follow us on Twitter at, at champmindsets. Again, these are ways for us to connect and we'd love to come out and and do a workshop or give a talk, a keynote address for your business, your team, your organization to really talk about um, and apply this concept of building championship mindsets to your team or to your organization. Because again, this applies to any domain and and from the locker room to the boardroom, right? And really, how how do we understand how our mind works and how can we think and operate and create teams and systems and processes? processes that really help human beings position themselves to be successful and to deliver their absolute best on a more consistent basis. So this has been your host, Dr. Amber Latner. It's been an honor and a privilege and a blessing as usual. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just challenge you to continue building your championship mindset.